Florida Gators take on the Utah Utes in less than one week, and we are going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. All that fun stuff. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. That's Locked On College. Joining me today is going to be Brandon Carroll from All Gators and Carroll's Cadence. We're talking Florida. We're talking Utah. We're gonna have some fun with it. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brandon Carroll with All Gators and Carroll's Cadence. And Brandon, this is the last time that you're going to be here before the Florida Gators and Utah Utes kick off their seasons August 31st in Salt Lake City, or as some Utah fans like to call it, Salt Lake City. Um, but this is the last time we, we've got this conversation before then. How do you feel just about this game right now with the Florida Gators heading to Salt Lake City? I feel very similar to how Vegas feels uh, in terms of, I think over the past month or so, it's consistently been getting closer to in my opinion a florida victory and that's not necessarily saying that i think they're going to win um but i do think that just the odds um is an indication that potentially cam rising might not be able to go in salt lake city on august 31st at 8 p.m so there's so many question marks surrounding cam rising and that offense um and, and because like we've said on here before, he is so important to what they try to do uh, and, and their success that they've had over the past few years as Pac-12 champions. And while I think that they're in the running to do so yet again, uh, week one can bring some issues uh, for Utah and also issues for Florida. But I've grown consistently more in favor of potentially Florida being able to pull off an upset than I was a month ago. Um, and it's just because of that quarterback position for the Utes. And, and Florida's quarterback position is, has had some ups and downs, uh, and, and it will continue to have ups and downs uh, with Graham Mertz at the helm. Um, but I just think that with what Florida's bringing in, the new talent that they have, albeit young, and the kind of just – there's a lot of newness surrounding this Florida program. This is not the Florida team that we saw in 2022. It's, it's drastically different at nearly every point you turn – I expect the defense to be vastly improved um, with what Austin Armstrong's bringing in. Doesn't mean they're not going to have their moments, but it does mean that there's going to be a more consistent approach and production from that unit in 2023. And I think that starts in week one, which ultimately makes this kind of a low scoring, churn it out. Both teams want to grind the ball down the field type of game. And both teams have the ability to do so. So I think it's going to be really uh, which team can score 21st. And with, Graham Mertz or Bryson Barnes, 
with, you know, the pieces that they have alongside them. I, I am honestly, I think Graham Mertz has the ability to do so um, over Barnes just because I think Barnes is decent. I think he can be their manager that they need him to be, but I am worried about his inconsistencies um, and just the fact that Mertz is such a veteran um, and he brings that experience to the table that kind of gives Florida the edge in this one. Yeah, you brought up Graham Mertz's experience. And for me, that's a big thing with this game because we both are honest. We know, one, Florida's running the football. Two, Graham Mertz is the starting quarterback. We know he's not this this world beater. He's not Anthony Richardson on the field. He can get the job done. I think that that's it. I just need you to not shoot the team in the foot. That's all I'm asking for. Just don't do that. You can hand the ball off, make the easy throws. Like I said, like I think that, Last year, this team or this year is not going to be as explosive as they were last year, in my opinion. But I think the consistency in the past game is going to be a big jump, hitting the dig route, hitting the slant consistently. And that's what Graham Mertz can bring, convert those first downs. And I think that he'll have the experience to go like, yeah, he played for Wisconsin, wasn't a great program, wasn't an even average offense, but he's had experience playing in hostile environments before because you go to michigan you go to ann arbor you go to columbus they're hostile it doesn't matter but and i think salt lake city he can do that but with bryson barnes having that inexperience and i know i say bryson barnes is an experience and every time i say that i i get the utah comments of he played in 10 games last year that means jack diddley to me because first off in like three of those games he played like four snaps so i don't care about that but also in his career 200 snaps played 109 of them are handing the ball off he's got 91 snaps that aren't him handing the ball off. not passing whether he's running or, or or passing 91 snaps of not handing the ball off so for me looking at someone that's as inexperienced as bryson barnes is going against an aggressive defensive front which we know florida is going to be aggressive that's austin armstrong's whole thing and the back end is also going to be just constantly shifting what coverage they're showing and what they're actually playing. That's really it for me. Like, that's where I'm like, okay, I think Bryson Barnes is going to really struggle just because you, you're not used to facing that. You're, you're not used to facing that constantly shifting and aggressive defense. So for me, I think that's where I land on, even if Cam Rising plays, I think Florida wins because I don't think Cam Rising is Cam Rising. But if Bryson Barnes plays, I'm significantly more confident for mainly that reason, not even a knock on his talent, just not being used to seeing the defense he's going to see for me is, is what's kind of, kind of pushing me over the edge to say Florida is going to win this game. Yeah, I, I definitely see Barnes not making too, like, I don't think he's going to make too many mistakes. I think that he can be a game manager. I just don't know if he's going to be, like you said, put in a position where he's going to have the time to progressively move their offense down the field because Florida's rush defense is going to be vastly improved from last season. The first quarter or the first series of the third quarter where Utah just churned out yards against the Gators last year, drove it right down the field. Um, I don't think that's going to happen in the 2023 rendition. And I'm not saying that it's not possible because Jaquindon Jackson and Michael Bernard are very good running backs. They have a very stout running back room that will give Florida fits at points uh, attacking, you know, the outside the tackles. I just don't think it's going to be that power rushing attack that 
they want it to be because of what Florida's brought in this offseason with Cam Jackson, Caleb Banks, obviously returning Chris McClellan and Desmond Watson, having Will Norman in that rotation. There's a lot of beef in that middle for Florida, which ultimately gives them a significant edge. Uh, just having all that, like I said, beef in the trenches. The trenches are where games are won early in the season, especially against non-conference opponents. And the styles that these teams like to play are very, very similar. So having more beef up front is exactly what the key to victory will be. And right now, I think if Florida is able to prove that, all right, this is a drastically different unit from last year, we have the rotation to keep everybody fresh, then those guys that I named are going to be not only productive, but they're going to be like ready to go in that fourth quarter. They're going to be, they're not going to be tired out like Gervon Dexter and Desmond Watson and Jalen Lee were last year because they didn't have the rotation to be able to make it happen on a consistent basis. So you give that group those pieces alongside them. And sure, Jaquindon Jackson's going to get his. Mike Menard's going to get his. He's probably going to get a lot of his through the passing game. That's why that's how they used him a year ago. That's how I expect them to continue using him as a kind of change of pace back for Jackson's RB1. But with Bryson Barnes behind center, when you get a tackle for loss on first down, you get a tackle for loss on second down and push him into that third and long, can he make the plays and have enough time to make the plays on third and long to be able to push them and keep them moving? I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case for the Utes. And ultimately, which is why I think that Florida's defense is what wins them this game if Barnes is able to go or if Barnes does go, um, which I have a different tune for Cam Rising. We can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um... I'm, I'm just going to say this now. I don't know if it's a couple hundred milligrams of caffeine coursing through my veins right now, but like every time that, that we just talk about this game, I'm just ready to go. Like I, I'm, I'm like foaming at the freaking mouth just, just for this game to get going already. We are less than a week away from the Florida Gators taking on the Utah Utes. And if you're looking for tickets, if you're going to be in Salt Lake City and you're looking for tickets this late, game time is the place for last minute ticket deals the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section and the same row for less than you paid with game time game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference i used it just a couple weeks ago went to catch braves at mets city field with Cody senga pitching Dude's electric i'm just gonna say that like like i i love him i don't care how high his pitch count gets i love him Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. That's code Locked On College for twenty dollars off Game Time. So download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. If you're on the Florida Gators side of things, what is maybe the part of this matchup that you're you're most confident in, or, or we'll say the part where like, if the Gators win, it's like this, this is why that's happening. I think I said it. I think it's the defensive line um, specifically. It's, it's just the having more big bodies in the trenches. Uh, I know Utah returns 60% of their starters. Um, their right side of the line is still intact. They still have their left guard, uh, but that left tackle and center are new and, and they played last season. They were productive last season. Um, I think Falcon is a very talented left tackle. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but that's Falcon. It's his first name. Um, and so 
just having that is going to be able to aid Utah to not make as many mistakes as a lot of teams will against this front line of Florida. But I do think that just having that push on the interior specifically to one, stop the run inside and two, collapse the pocket when Bryson Barnes is trying to drop back. That's where I feel most confident because if you're able to create push with four guys and drop eight in a coverage and have those, you know, make it feel like there's still pressure coming, which Austin Armstrong wants to do in general with, you know, that creeper defense, simulated pressures, things like that, then Florida is taking it exactly the rate that they want to. That's exactly how they want to play football. And as a result, I think just having those dudes up front to be able to create pressure in the passing game, collapse the rushing lanes with ease, uh, kind of allow linebackers to fill gaps by commanding double teams gives Florida a significant edge um, against this Utah team that's going to want to churn the ball, uh, churn out yards via the ground, control the clock, keep Florida's offense off the field, which Florida's going to try to do the same exact thing to Utah. So it's really just a matter of which team can be that game managing, which team can play well in that game managing style and actually execute at a rate that suggests they're able to keep the ball for, you know, eight minute drives, 10 minute drives, 12 plays that that's going to be what comes down to it. And with Florida's defensive line being the way it is, I think that can be a um, there's going to be times where Utah's not able to do that at the rate that it wants to. Yeah. I think with, Florida's defensive line, especially the additions along the interior, Cam Jackson, Caleb Banks, just just adding in so much size. It's like one of the situations where you mentioned forcing double teams. I think you have to double team some of these guys, even if you don't think that they're like great players. Like I know there are some people who who talk about Des Watson as like, oh, you know, he's just a big buy. That's all you need to be because at a certain point, I mean, if, if you're in pass protection, you're going to want to double that because you don't want. 400 something pounds closing in on your quarterback and then that's never good i don't care how healthy or unhealthy your quarterback is so i think that's one of the things where there's going to be those double teams and when you do send five if you're florida you're probably going to have a pretty clear lane like i just picture shamar james i know he's got a great first step so i'm looking for him to just kind of shoot gaps and operate that way and i think for florida's defense is like you're, you're right that's the name of the game like stopping their offense on early downs specifically is how Florida kind of kind of has to win. If Florida wins, it's because they were able to do that. It, it's not that second half, just let Utah just freaking first down, first down, first down against you. Yeah. On the flip side of that, what's the most, I'll say, worrisome part of the game from Florida side of things? So I know Utah's had some turnover defensively. And when you've talked about Utah's defense in the past, it's been Clark Phillips. That's been the guy. He's no longer there this year. Um, but I still think that Utah's defense has the ability, at least it, it's not in the same vein as Florida in terms of, all right, they have this monstrous front that's going to kind of give this trickle-down effect into the second and third levels. Instead, they just have guys all over the field that are very talented, that are conference champion-esque players and it's expected of Utah because they are at the top of the Pac-12 they've been at the top of the Pac-12 um, for years now and they're so well established that there's not going to be that those many you know too many operational mistakes for their defense for their offense even but because of that because of the connection and just the consistency that we've seen from Utah in the years past I think that Florida is going to have some issues uh, 
and just pushing the ball downfield, which we know that's going to probably be an issue for all, throughout most of the season. But can Graham Mertz make those, like you said, those those rhythm throws, those short to intermediate throws that just keep the game going? Because as much as Florida's going to try to be what Utah wants to be in, in trying to run the football consistently, keep that clock moving, Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson are not going to be able to do that in like every single play. They're going to have to let the ball loose. They're going to have to put the ball in the air. Can Graham Mertz be a player that not only manages the game, not only doesn't turn the ball over, but makes a play or two where he's able to push a 12-yard comeback to Marcus Burke on the sideline to keep Florida moving? And it's not saying that he can't. I think he can. I've said on my show that I think that Graham Mertz is going to put them in a position where they're able to make it more consistent in that short and intermediate throughout the season. But in game one, in a new environment and, you know, a a different atmosphere than Florida's really used to playing. And they've really never, this team has never played in an atmosphere like Utah, especially with the altitude and things like that. Can he be the game manager and do the things that is asked of him, not necessarily win the game, but to not lose them the game on, on the offensive side of the ball against a Utah defense that is very talented and will, you know, show different looks and give him some fits at points. Uh, that's the biggest question mark going in. And I think that's always going to be a question mark for Florida's. All right, which, you know, are we going to get a good Graham Mertz this week? And like I said, not necessarily saying it's not going to happen. It's just that is the major question mark for Florida in 2023. And as a result, I think that's the question mark for Florida in week one. Yeah, I think for me right now, like my biggest concern offensive line is is one, just because I know that, and I've said this a, a million times, no matter what the starting five is for the Gators offensive line, I know they're all going to be able to run block kind of well. That That's the name of the game there. But when you do have to throw the football, I think as a unit, there's not a lot of chemistry just because you haven't had the opportunity to practice a lot together. We don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Kingsley with a banged up ankle? Who's going to be starting at which spot is kind of a, a little rough there for Gators offensive line. And also going against Utah's defense, I think schematically they're just, they line up pretty well with Florida because we know that Florida, like they're going to want to take deep shots, but a big part of Florida's game, at least last year was like, okay, it was either the easy underneath completions or kind of taking those deep shots. And I think that Utah does a pretty damn good job of taking those away. You play cover one a lot and you just get to line up man to man and shut it down. And then they also play a lot of cover two, which is, there's five defenders in those underneath the zones. It's hard to find space and operate successfully. So I think for me, that's kind of where I look at this game and I'm like, okay, that's going to be the issue. Like if the offensive line can't, can't keep the pocket relatively clean for Graham Mertz, because I don't have the numbers specifically in front of me, but I was looking at them the other day and it's like last year, Anthony Richardson got sacked on 9.3% of pressures Graham Mertz got sacked on like 22%. So there's a a huge gap there where you don't have that insane escapability that you had last year. So offensive line needs to keep Graham Mertz clean and finding plays underneath and also kind of challenging them when they do. Like you have to be able to challenge downfield if you want to be able to walk away there. So for me, that's kind of where I'm like, okay, if you can't do those things, just pack it in. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And like you said, offensive line, definitely concerned with the pressures. Um, and I I think the major point, I think the offensive line is talented. And I honestly believe 
that Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton have done a great job with the coaching aspect of this offensive line since they've arrived. I think they, I mean, last year they immediately bolstered it to where it was one of the best units in the country. And even though there's been a lot of turnover this year, I do think that the talent up front gives them the ability to make it similar. Uh, not necessarily the same because you're losing some some dudes, some some very talented players up front, but it doesn't necessarily mean either that it's going to be a significant drop-off. Sure, it's going to be very new. Uh, I think it takes some time to click. And like you said, the inability to get reps together to build that chemistry on the offensive line, which is arguably one of the most important, you know, position groups to have chemistry at especially going into early in the season while you haven't really worked together um in a game environment just building that practice rapport is always like a it's a stress point for teams but because of the injuries because of where florida's been at uh throughout this offseason there's a lot of question marks there and then you don't know who's starting at right tackle right now damian george has kind of emerged as the guy to potentially take that spot with linda hudson being out with the concussion for uh, you know, what early after he arrived, but now Linda Hudson's kind of made up some ground and it looks like that's a position that's really open again. So there's a lot of questions for Florida's front. That's going to be, okay, can they just take care of business? Can they get through week one without making detrimental mistakes, without just letting Utah let loose on Graham Mertz? That is huge. That's a, that, that could, that could decide the game. For Florida, because either way it shakes out, this is going to be a close one. This is going to be a similar to last year. I think it's going to be a last minute decision. You know, we're going to it's it's going to go to the scorecards. You know, it, it's going to be there down to the very end. So having that offensive line produce in a way that doesn't make mistakes, doesn't put them in a position where they're not able to recover. You know, that's that's the best way for Florida to kind of right, steady the ship and get through week one um, with a victory. And then, like you said, also Utah's defense shows a lot of different looks. I think because of that, because of their ability to not only protect the deep parts of the field, but also play so well in that short and intermediate uh, across the field. Like you said, cover two, a lot of f- five defenders down in that those zones. Horizontal passing game is going to be so important for Florida. Getting the ball out on those screens and letting a Eugene Wilson work in space and actually executing this year rather than last year when Xavier Henderson was, you know, being the one to take those and it was a two-yard gain. It was a, you know, just getting back to the line of scrimmage, actually pushing the ball downfield via a short pass, screen pass to Ricky Pearsall and, and actually being able to get eight, ten yards, if not break one for a long touchdown. That's how Florida wins this game. And from what we've seen, at least in, in these scrimmage settings, that the guy you look for there is Eugene Wilson because he's able to do it nearly every time he touches the ball. And I think that he's going to have a significant role in week one to give Florida some of that juice, some of that momentum to be able to combat a Utah defense that's going to crowd the box for the run and then play in those cover two sets as they try to just take away everything that Florida – uh, that we've talked about that Florida can be good at this year. Yeah. Um, you mentioned this is coming down to the wire. I, I've been on the side of like Florida. I think Florida is going to win this game, but I have always been on the side of even if they don't or whether Florida wins, whether Florida loses, it's going to be a close game. Yes. When the spread was 10 and a half, I took the 10 and a half. Cause I was like, I don't care whoever wins this game. It's not going to be a 10 point game. 
I, I, I don't think it's even going to be that. I think it's going to be one possession. And even then it's like four points, like not even a full touchdown. I think it's going to be just a very close game, regardless of who wins earlier. You mentioned cam rising. Well, I mentioned him. You mentioned you had a different point on him. I think if he plays, he's not going to be the cam rising that, that we've seen that we saw last year, pick up 70 something yards on scrambles and pick up first downs against Florida. And I, I think that we know that because I, I just don't think you can do that seven and a half months removed from a torn ACL. But but what's your feel on if Cam plays, what that's going to be like? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be that same player in, in terms of just being able to use his legs. But I do think he gives them a lot of different, uh, you know, just looks offensively because of, you know, he's a dual threat quarterback. He is. He is a... He's not a run first guy, but he is a, when I need to, I can get up out of here. I can make something happen with my legs. And as a result, that has been kind of his calling card, but it doesn't mean that he's not a good pocket passer. He is, he is very stout and being able to do that. And just having him on the field immediately boosts this Utah team. It immediately gives them, okay, we have our leader. We have the guy that can get us ready to go up front. And it's, it's more than just playing the quarterback position that Cam Rising brings to the table. He does all the, and, I, and I, I'm not, a, you know, trying to sound like I, you know, he does all the little things right. <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's, he does. He he's, brings exactly what they need in a operational perspective to get them ready to go, get them lined up, and find the little mistakes that Florida has in their defense. Because when you're sending all that pressure, when you're sending those pieces, there's going to be times where there is, someone not in their right spot. And it's not going to, I don't think it's going to happen as consistently as it did in years past, but I think that Cam rising is in a position where he can exploit that because he's seen it before. He can exploit those issues because he knows when they're coming. He know he can kind of see it before it's happening. And with Bryson Barnes, just being an experience, you don't really, that's something you can't replicate in practice. And, and, you know, you mentioned this 200 snaps as a, as a collegiate quarterback, 190 or 109, is it what you said, were handoffs. And then the other 91 were just him not handing the ball off. So there's a lot of questions and yet to be answered for Barnes. And is he able to pick apart that little lapse in the defense? I don't know. Can Cam Rising? Yes, we've seen it before. There is there is history to suggest that yes, he can do that on a consistent basis and keep Utah moving consistently. He can keep that wheel turning and give them the ability to keep pushing the ball down the field when that running back or when that rushing attack eventually comes to a bit of a halt. And then once he does that, then that gets the running back like running game going again for them, be able to push them down the field. And it just, everything operates smoother. It's an oily machine when Cam Rising behind center. And as a result, although I think Florida's defense is going to be vastly improved, just having that veteran presence in that starting spot and behind center, whether he's able to move or not, gives Utah the edge, in my opinion, to be able to beat a Florida team in what's going to be a four to seven point game, no matter wh which way it shakes out. Yeah, I, I think that Cam Rising's experience is, is the thing that has me like, oh, if he plays, like, yeah. I, if he plays, I know he's not going to be the Cam Rising that we know that's going to pick up 70 plus and, and a bunch of first downs with his legs. But I think, yes, as a passer, 
we both acknowledge he's he's a damn good college quarterback right now. Like he's one of the best college quarterbacks in the nation. Uh, you, you know, he's not a Heisman contender, and and it, let's it, that's not saying he can't be, but he hasn't been. But he's been that upper tier of quarterbacks for any team in the nation. He's been that consistent guy. Okay, we can look to Cam to make a play, whether that's through the air via his legs, doesn't matter. He can be that guy. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that he even brings is specifically when comparing him to Bryson Barnes, like like just that drop off in not even talent, I'm saying. I'm just saying drop off in quarterback play there is going to be yeah. even if he can't make the plays with his legs, Cam Rising is going to be able to identify blitzes better and he's yep. going to kind of just be able to adjust to those quicker where at, and make that adjustment and make that communication with his line, with his running back, with the rest of his team. And I feel like Bryson Barnes, that's probably going to be a little bit slower if he's a starting quarterback. And that's going to be a, a big reason why I'm like, okay, if Cam Rising plays, I feel way less confident. I will, I will say, even if Cam plays, I do think that the Florida Gators will win this game. And believe me, they're going to lose games <laughs> this year. So, um, But I, I think that that's where I'm standing, where even if Cam Rising does play, I think the Florida Gators win this game because of mainly – just they're if he does mess up one thing they're going to get to tee off i think and, and they're just going to be able to cause havoc up front but if he doesn't play i it's weird because even if cam plays i think florida wins a close one if bryson barnes plays i think florida wins a close one like that that's where i stand even though i do think it's a, it's a huge drop off there just again from the experience point of view but for me that that's kind of the deciding factor i don't know what the hell noise keeps going off on my computer but whatever it is that's fun <laughs> but for me i think that's like the big drop off is even if cam isn't healthy and cam does play he's going to be able to make those adjustments for extra protection and he's going to be able to kind of handle that way better than i think bryson barnes is capable of doing at this point in his career yeah i i agree for the most part like you said uh but obviously, if Bryson Barnes plays, Florida wins a close one. If Cameron Rising plays, Utah wins a close one, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not even going to argue it because, like I said, no matter who wins, it's going to be close. So yep. I'm not going to argue either way definitively, but I can't wait. We're, I mean, at the time of this episode, we're six days away from this game. I, I'm so freaking pumped for it. Thank you so much, Brandon. Next time we talk, the Florida Gators will have a win or a loss uh, on the season. And again, I'm just, I don't even care at this point. I just want them to play freaking football. I'm ready for it. Catch Brandon Carroll with all Gators. Catch him with Carroll's cadence every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And go Gators. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back later with two days. Continue. We're talking about edges later on. So Prince Liam on me Ellen season. It's time for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports, Giants country, NFL 33. I'll see you all later.